Hi, everyone, and welcome to the American Constitutionalist. I'm Jeff Tokar, your host, and with me is Cliff DeCamp. The American Constitutionalist main purpose is to defend and champion a return to the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution. In addition, we at the American Constitutionalist are not afraid to mix politics and religion because we believe in America, they're inseparable. America was built as a Judeo-Christian nation and history proves it. Yet, even though we were built on the Christian principles of the Bible as a Judeo-Christian nation, our founding fathers and framers of our constitution still left you with the freedom of choice in religion. Cliff, we've been talking a lot on the last few podcasts about what we do here at the American Constitutionalist. Our purpose in returning to the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution is to downsize the government in Washington, D.C., to bring it back to the states and the local communities and you, the American citizen. We know it won't be perfect. There'll still be fraud. There'll still be fallacies in government. But we think if it's dispersed more out of Washington, then we can have better control on what goes on. And we've mentioned several things like term limits. We've mentioned repealing the 17th Amendment, where the states go back to appointing senators. And we think that's a big one. We talked about uh, the rule of law and bringing order back into the United States, controlling our immigration. We already have immigration and asylum laws, but we're not following them. And it's all perverted by radical left-wing political groups and even people on the right side of the aisle who want money, power, and control. And right now we see that government is too big, it's too vast, it's too expansive, there's too many bureaucracies, and that's leading to a lot of the problems we have now. And that is why we need to get back to those original intent and meeting items in the Constitution to bring us back under control in the United States and to get us back on the right path. You know, uh, there uh, there's way too much power in Washington, D.C. There's way too much power at the federal government level, and we definitely need to do the things that are necessary to take some of that uh, power and disperse it back amongst the, uh, you know, the other players in this, which are the state governments and the individuals uh, across the United States. The, you know, the whole idea of what the founding fathers did was that they divided up political power amongst a, a vast majority or a wide variety of different uh, places. So, you know, they, they talk, we've talked about this in the past, but, you know, just to reiterate it, they took the, the power that the federal government had and they dispersed it among three different branches of government. That was the, you know, making sure that one was not more powerful than the others. Of course, it's not stayed that way, but that was the original intent. And then they also took uh, the political power and they divided it up again by saying, you know, some of this political power is going to be at the federal level, but there's also going to be power at the state level and there's going to be power at the individual level as well. So they took it and dispersed it among that group as well. So, and, and then, the other thing to, to keep in mind, and we I don't believe we've talked about this before, but you know when you become a state, so after the original 13 colonies became states, if you wanted to become a state after that, you had to have your, constitu- your state constitution approved by the federal government. So Congress had to look at it and approve it. And one of the requirements that uh, Congress was looking for is that you had this uh, same sort of structure um, that the uh, that the federal government had, so you would have a legislative body, an executive branch, and a judicial branch, and they also required that on the legislative branch you had two different houses. You had the House of Representatives at the state level and the, the Senate as well. So 
they were insisting on that division of power in new states that came into right. uh, to the United States. And so, you know, there was this recognition uh, at, at, you know, multiple levels that this was the way to disperse power to be the best way to do things. Um, there is historically kind of a an anomaly out there, and that is Nebraska, because Nebraska got, had a constitution and they got it passed through Congress, and then they changed it afterwards because there's nothing that would prevent them from doing it. And they don't have a bicameral legislation, meaning they don't have two bodies. They don't have a House and the Senate. They only have a Senate. Um, so Nebraska is the only state like that in the union, but they did it after the fact, after Congress had already approved their constitution, they amended their constitution later on. But the whole idea is that the power had to be distributed around a, to a number of groups and people. That was the best way of doing it so that not no single person or group got more powerful. As we sit here today, the federal government uh, has become more and more powerful and largely due to the fact that they are the entity that has all the money. And even, you know, a lot of states are very dependent, especially some of the smaller states or the poorer states. They're de very dependent on the federal government giving them monies. Um, and in my perspective, uh, and, I, and I believe Jeff's uh, perspective is the same, they shouldn't be having to get money back from the federal government the money should have never been in the federal government's hands. So right. it, it's something that uh, we need to, to work on to get those power balances back the way they should have been. And money has a lot to do with the power balances. And one of the things we talked about is the Department of Education. It should be very minimal at best, and the monies should not go to Washington and quote unquote be laundered by Washington and then dispersed back out to the states. That has to be corrected. And also, I want to bring up a current issue now um, of this dilution of power. You know, Congress is supposed to control the budget. Congress is supposed to make the law, but they have um, delegated it to other bureaucracies and they're not doing their job. And so we have all these regulations and rules and different things going on that are not really constitutional. And something I think that's really been a big problem is the executive orders by the president and the president has no power at all to do what he's trying to do, for instance, with student loans, trying to pay back all the student loan debt, which really is a bribe for votes. If you look at it, it's in the Supreme Court right now. He doesn't have the authority to do that. And since we're talking about this right now, my opinion is if you take out the debt, you are responsible and accountable to pay for that debt and the government should not pay that debt. Part two is the government should not be making student loans. That's why I think college tuitions have skyrocketed because the colleges know that the government's gonna guarantee the debt. No, it should be carried by the collegiate institutions. And if there's default, then they've gotta go find that money. It doesn't come from the American taxpayer. And on such a broad spectrum like this, where Joe Biden's saying, hey, we're gonna give 10 to $20,000 to the students to pay back the loans on the money they borrowed for their student debt. No responsibility and accountability is you borrowed it, you work to pay it back. You know, one of the things about the uh, student debt and the fact that that issue is in the United States Supreme Court, yes, the United States is in there basically arguing that uh, Biden should be allowed to do that. And of course, there are forces obviously 
uh, states and uh, individuals that are saying that they shouldn't. I don't really think at this point in time, uh, Joe Biden really cares one way or the other, whether it gets found to be unconstitutional or not, because it had the impact that he wanted it to, which was should try to affect the election. So you already got the benefit of it. So he doesn't really care at this point in time, one way or the other, uh, whether in fact uh, the the United States Supreme Court uh, shoots it down or not. And I, I fully expect that they will. It's beyond the powers of the president to be able to do that. And so consequently, uh, I, I see that that's gone. But I do agree with you on the, the other point that you made, which is that without uh, federally guaranteed student loans, you, uh, college tuition would actually go down. And there's yes. uh, certainly plenty of institutions out there uh, and it's in the private sector, the Ivy League schools, et cetera, they're sitting on war chests of unbelievable dollars. No, they, they can, you know, like for instance, uh, Harvard University probably could go for the next 20 years and pay all of their employees and their operating funds uh, out of what they already have. They yeah. would have to accept no tuition from anyone, no government support of any type, et cetera, and they'd still be able to keep that institution open for over 20 years. There's no reason whatsoever why uh, anyone going to Harvard should have a federally guaranteed loan. Just shouldn't be. Um, Harvard right. can finance that if they if they want those people to be there. So there's so on, on the institutional level, there's the you know small community colleges that exist out there that do give you a good education uh, largely, but um, their their hand to foot or their hand to mouth when it comes to money and uh, and so federal assistance there you know, in some way, shape or form has had some impact in keeping those institutions open. But there's also a large number of universities across the United States that have no reason to be able to get federal dollars in any way, shape or form through any program because they, they can finance it themselves. Well, and if you're a college or university and you can charge what they're charging and get away from it and still get government money and have the government guarantee those loans, why not? They're not dumb. The governments who's dumb and the American public and the legislators for letting them do it. That's who's dumb. And you talk about Biden. You're right. It's a win win for him because now he can say in his next campaign, hey, I tried, but it was fought by all these other uh, conservatives out there that don't want your loan paid for. So they struck it down. And that's who will get the blame for it if the Supreme Court does deny it. And I think the Supreme Court should deny it. And that's another battle we're just going to have to fight. And speaking of Biden being elected, if you really look back at the election and you look at the candidates in the Democrat Party that were running for office. Now, I know they're all in their own way, radical left wing liberals and have these ideas that that aren't beneficial for the United States of America. But if you look at it, most of them don't want to be truly owned. They want to have their opinion. They want to have their say and their ideas put forth. But if you look at President Biden and the vice president, what two people don't care really about anything other than their own prosperity, their own personal exaltation and their own glorification of self, that they don't care who tells them what to do or who foots the bill as long as they get to be out front and get to be, let's say, wine and dine. And that's why there's probably so many more people, whether it be the Clintons, the Obamas, George Soros, that are behind the Biden machine telling them what to do and they're the perfect patsies because they will do it. And that's a scary thought because that is the influence that 
took the 2020 election, those outside monies, the media and the people that were involved behind the scenes that really got Biden and Harris elected into office. And that's the problem we have right now because we have patsies at the utmost top leadership of our government being led by other people that are telling them what to do and financing them. And they don't care otherwise. Yeah, the, the you know, Joe Biden is just leading the parade. He doesn't know yeah. what's behind him. He doesn't know who's, you know, who organized the parade. He doesn't know where the parade's going. He just knows that he's at the head of the parade and that's what he wants. Exactly. And that's, that's dangerous for the United States of America because of not him, but what's behind him. And then, of course, the image he displays around the world leads into the weakness that we talked about last week. And it trickles down from the leadership to our military and other parts of our government and the dilution of our government because of Congress not doing what they're supposed to do. That's why we see the problems in the Ukraine. Biden and his son made a lot of money off the Ukraine. Ukraine knew it. Donald Trump knew it. But the Ukraine, in essence, didn't back Donald Trump. They suppressed it. And they backed Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. We have the war in the Ukraine now. We didn't take action when we should have. When Russia was on the border, we could have stopped it. China now salivating over Taiwan. And knowing this administration and how weak they are, we could be on the cusp of seeing China take Taiwan. And then the question we asked last week, will that domino into World War III? We don't know. But man, it sure doesn't smell right. And it looks bad. Uh, I wanted to share some uh, 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 some stuff on the January 6th and the recent uh, release of uh, some of the uh, uh, tapes that were uh, taken by the Capitol Police. Uh, so as everyone knows at this point, uh, Kevin McCarthy has allowed Tucker Carlson to have access to all these tapes that the January 6th committee had. And they're all the tapes from the uh, closed circuit television system within the Capitol. There are also a bunch of uh, individual videos that were taken by people that have been confiscated by the government. There's, um, you know, uh, cameras that the uh, uh, Capitol Police had on them, uh, all sorts of things. So uh, Tucker Carlson over the last couple of days has been releasing some of these videos, et cetera. And, and it's been, you know, to, to some parts of the United States, it's been sort of a, a wake-up call that there were some things that took place um, that were not fully disclosed to the public through the January 6th committee or by the government, et cetera. So we're finding that the videos don't match up with the narrative that the government and the media has been proposing. And I, I, and, and so you and I, uh, Jeff, we uh, understood that all along, that, that was, uh, we, we were being told half the truth. Well, actually, it wasn't even half the truth. That, that we were only seeing what they wanted us to see that supported their narrative. And they showed very little of some of the, the footage. Now, some of it came out almost immediately uh, that some of the videos that people took uh, and those things came out. And so we did see those almost immediately in the aftermath of January 6th. But largely, I mean, there's thousands of hours of uh, tape at this point in time that Tucker Carlson's people are starting to go through and they're finding all kinds of things that they're now showing broadcasting. But the thing I wanted to point out, and we're not going to talk about what uh, Tucker Carlson stuff is, but the thing I wanted to point out was I think it's very interesting what the other media has been doing since Tucker Carlson came out with his first report 
and some of those videotapes. And so one of the things that I did today was I went and looked very quickly online, did a Google search, et cetera, to see what the other media out there were saying about you know these tapes and uh, or January 6th. What are they saying today? So I'm going to read some of the headlines, so to speak, of what Google had. So CNN, um, they don't really talk about the tapes per se, other than to say this. You know, CNN says House GOP plots. Uh, isn't that interesting? Plots. Yeah, new January 6th probe despite internal backlash. Um, you know, so that they're not talking about the tapes and what it revealed. They're talking about how it's causing their release or is causing internal backlash within the GOP between ostensibly what they're talking about is that there's some members of uh, some Republicans in the Senate that are kind of upset about they think that Tucker Carlson is downplaying what actually occurred on on January 6th. Um, Politico, this is what they said. House GOP faces a new January 6th headache cur courtesy of Tucker Carlson. NBC News says, what was happening in Fox News around the January 6th riot? The Independent, which is hardly independent, uh, says, Tucker Carlson News, White House slammed, slams as not credible. Fox hosts January 6th videos as text show he hated Trump. Yeah. ABC yeah, News twisted. Talks, talks about two new people accused of attacking law enforcement at the United States Capitol, ignoring the release of these uh, uh, of these videotapes. CBS says Republicans pushed back on Tucker Carlson's claims about January 6th. Um, and the DOJ felt compelled to come out with a statement that said that the uh, the Department of Justice has resolved to hold accountable those who committed crimes on January 6th, 2021. So none of these people want to talk about the contents of any of those videotapes. They want to just ignore the contents and, and try to uh, change the narrative to conflict within the GOP or conflict within Fox News. You know, it was kind of uh, surprising to me when it says here that uh, the Independent says Tucker Carlson's uh, news, the White House slams is not credible and claims that the Fox host um, text, which they're getting through this litigation that's taking place, shows that he hated Trump. Well, wouldn't you, I mean, he hated Trump. If he hated Trump, I mean, he's an honest newsman because he's, you know, you would have never known that, that he hated Trump if you were to see that he was releasing these videotapes, other than the fact that they have behind the scenes seen some of the emails that he personally said uh, things about not liking Trump. So, but wouldn't you want that? He's an objective news person who, yes. even if he did hate Trump is still out there saying, you know, what happened on January 6th to these people who are Trump supporters is not right. It, it it's upsetting. This whole thing about January 6th and the prosecution of all these people is very upsetting to me when you when you realize, and the videotape starting to back up the position that you and I have always taken on January 6th, and that is that, you know, it wasn't nearly as bad as it's been portrayed. People didn't commit the crimes uh, in the way that the, uh, uh, they've been, it's been portrayed to the public, et cetera, uh, and that the punishments that the people are getting are uh, extreme. And one of the reasons why that upsets me so much is that uh, twofold. First of all, 
when the DOJ goes after people like this in a in a witch hunt, you know, in a way in which uh, the it's not really justice, it's punishment without justice. Um, that reflects on you and I because they're doing it in our names. Um, right. And, you know, I disagree with that strongly. Um, I feel that there were certain people that should have been prosecuted, but not hundreds, not right. you know, the number of people that are being prosecuted at this point. And some of the, the charges that have uh, been dropped on some of these people were just absolutely ridiculous. So they've over reacted to it they, they're going after people in a witch hunt sort of fashion so and they're doing it in our names i don't like that i also don't like the fact the thought that our federal government is acting in such a way as to violate the rights of a number of these january 6 defendants and if they can do it to them they can do it to you and i as well they're they're basically breaching a fundamental promise that we were given with the United States Constitution, and that was people were not going to be denied life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness without due process of law. And what's taking place in the January 6th uh, prosecutions by the federal government is not due process of law. And if they can get away with it in this test run, and they win the presidency and both houses of Congress again, it will happen and the curtain will close on America. If Carlson hated Trump, he would do nothing to even give him a chance to see daylight that all this stuff has been fabricated. Yeah, there was people who did things they shouldn't have been doing, and they should be responsible and accountable and pay the price for it. The domino theory, I've mentioned it over and over and over. And in this instance, and in many other instances, the FBI, the DOJ, Many departments that are involved in these kind of things, they need to be named, they need to be held accountable and responsible, and they need to pay the price. And on the election fraud and the things that are going on in Washington, D.C., you start squeezing people. I guarantee you they will start naming the other people and the dominoes will begin to fall. And you have to clean house now, just like they're trying to do with evil against good right now and squeezing us and pressuring us and saying, if you say these things, we're coming after you. Even if it's truth, they'll come after you. We have to turn tide and squeeze the evil and those who have done wrong and make them pay the price to send the message that justice and righteousness will eventually prevail in America. And if we don't do it, this nation will fall. My worry, Cliff, is this, is that naive America is not paying attention. They will believe what the radical communist Democrat party tells them and what the media tells them. They'll swallow it hook, line, and sinker instead of looking for the truth, like what's trying to be exposed right now. And the truth needs to come out on both sides of the aisle, whoever it is, need to be held accountable, responsible, and pay the price. And if naive America doesn't wake up, then we are going under the chemotherapy for freedom. And that means that the treatment may take us to the cusp of death and we may never recover if we don't begin the treatment and the reversal of course right now. And that's what we're trying to do here at the American Constitutionalist.
We want truth and common sense. We need to get back to the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution. We need to dilute what's going on into Washington, back to the states, local communities, and you, the American taxpaying citizen. And we need your help. We need your help by sharing this podcast with your family and friends. Get them to listen, get them to subscribe, so that each week when the podcast is available to be listened to, they'll be pinged and they can tune in and they can listen and they too need to tell other people to listen. We need to stand together arm in arm. The Democrat party is famous for bonding together in the good, bad and the ugly and the Republican party and the conservatives in America are terrible at joining forces and fighting the evil, the tyranny that's trying to suppress this country. Will you join us at the American Constitutionalist? Stand with us, spreading the word of truth as we strive to continue to be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty, justice, and freedom for all. For Cliff DeCamp, this is Jeff Tokar, reminding you that we at the American Constitutionalist still support and believe in God, America, and freedom.